Good morning, evening. <laughs> I just had to do that. Good evening, Missoula. You are listening to 105.5 KFGM, Missoula's community radio station, streaming online live at 1055kfgm.org. My name is Becca, and we are starting off the very, very first, one and only, Becca's uh, Evening Buzz. And for those of you who listen to community radio, you might uh, recognize Becca's Evening Buzz in conjunction with Becca's Morning Buzz, the show I just uh, brought to an end after like one and a half years. And I'm now so grateful to be uh, reaching you folks uh, Monday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. from now on. Uh, here <laughs> from the studio at KFGM. And uh, as you know, or as you might know, uh, uh, as I'm now going to tell you, I always interview someone uh, in my show and play live music. And today, uh, for my very first show, uh, Becca's Evening Buzz, uh, my guest uh, is John Van Dyke, none other than the general manager of this very radio station, KFGM, and I, uh, gosh, in November, I will have been with the station for two years, which I can't believe seems so incredible to me, and I, I have just seen you step up for, like, everything, John, and you're sitting right here, so let's make sure that your mic is working. Would you like to say hello? Hello. Yeah, this is definitely the microphone. All right, we're going to turn you down just a little bit. And uh, the guitar also runs through the same mixer, so uh, I don't... Yeah, they're, they're swapped, that's all. <laughs> uh, the mic 2 is not in the mic 2 uh, input. Before they were switched around, I'm very confused. How's that? That sounds two. fantastic. Two, and two, even um, You two. could turn it down just a little bit. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I like it. Yeah, you sound big and bold. Big and bold. This microphone... Um, was donated by Ansel the Petrie, ah. the uh, former board president of Missoula Community Radio. And uh, she probably wants it back one of these days. Nah. Uh, the mic one that you're using now was, um, I guess you could say, internally crowdsourced. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I remember I provided some, some funds for this microphone. Yeah. I'm going to switch my ears. Happy to say myself. Switch your earphones. All right. No, it's so nice to have someone in here who can just use all of this stuff. Do you want to use those bigger <laughs> headphones? No, I they're like a little these. Closer. Yeah. I like these. All right. Uh, they're a little short, but... I don't want your neck to get sore. <laughs> so, John, yeah. um, I'm going to tune my guitar really briefly. Okay. And while I do that, I would love for you to tell our listeners uh, who you are, about your background in radio and all that stuff. And you have your own show and, gosh, okay. just, yeah. Sure. Well, first, let me just start and say, you know, it's, it's an honor to be your inaugural guest for the Evening Buzz. Uh, you've done a, a really good uh, s string of, of interviews, and uh, it's kind of weird. I mean, one of, one of our volunteers found these chairs for us at a work site, and uh, they were donated. Um, but you've filled them with some great and illustrious uh, guests over the last couple of years. So it's, it's, it's an honor to be here. And it's an honor to be your, your first guest for your evening buzz. Um, well, my gosh, 
thank you for yeah. saying that. I've uh, learned so much from community radio, and I have been so thankful to have this opportunity to learn how to broadcast and and speak with people. Gosh, that has been so inspiring and fulfilling, rewarding, uh, all of those things. And, you know, I thought for quite a while um, when I knew that this show would be starting on Monday evenings about, I thought about who I would ask to be my first guest. And I, and I wasn't your first pick. No, actually, I, I didn't have anybody uh, that I could think of that, that fit for some reason. And I didn't even have any criteria for who fits. It just was, you know, was failing. Well, that's, I think, one of the great things about your show is you, you know, you, you've got artists, you've got organizers, you've got authors, um, business people. It, it, there's no boundaries on who you, who you bring on. So that's kind of a, that's always, it's always a treat to, you know, like who's, who's she going to have on this week, you know? Um, and yeah, you know, I had, it took me a while to figure out what my criteria for the show even were. And, um, I think really a person, I just have to sense that they're very passionate about something, uh, and and then um, and also that they might, you know, would want to talk about it on the radio because there's <laughs> definitely some people I've asked and they're like, yeah, sure, uh, and then uh, what happens? They, they they don't show up for the interview or and something. They don't want to talk about their bug collection anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, sometimes I, I'm not always right about you know what would be a great interview, but um, you know what. For this show, uh, it's because it's the first show on Becca's Evening Buzz, and it really has felt uh, like a different vibe. I've kind of been processing it, uh, different vibe from the Morning Buzz, and I just, I just wanted to honor this this station uh, for giving me this opportunity. And I've seen you work so friggin' hard, and um, you've always been there when I have questions and. Um, and you just have such a cool background in radio, and I haven't had you on my show yet. So uh, for all of those reasons, uh, yeah, I really wanted you to be my first guest. It awesome. hit me at like a little, you know, bolt of lightning. Gotcha. Um, and next week, uh, Sue Orr will be my guest. Oh. And I'm really excited about that, too, because I have like a male powerhouse and then a female radio uh, powerhouse, at least from my perspective, coming on the show. Great. She does a lot of uh, great interviews as well. Yeah. Uh, and any any day of the week and yeah. Susie Q till two on Wednesdays from uh one to two. Yeah, and you uh I I get to listen to her show sometimes. Uh I bet you okay, so can you close your eyes and just recite the whole calendar for KFGM <laughs> if you want to? I could, but right now it's a we've got a lot of changes going on, so I probably couldn't. Probably but I, I could hit you with like all all the shows that have live presenters we have um a lot of programs that are recorded um that we produce actually well we've got a couple that we produce and and others that come from other places around the country but let me back up though and just uh tell you a little bit about what i I I think that's what you were asking me to do while you're tuning your guitar um thank you for coming back to the topic of for me wow who who are you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, my name is John Van Dyke. I'm the general manager at Missoula Community Radio, KFGM 105.5 LPFM, which is a low-power community radio station broadcasting out of the Union Hall. Hopefully all our listeners already recognize that and, and know that. But um, the organization has been in some form of formulating for 
well, several years until 20, late 2015, it um, really took shape as a, a, a board of directors and officers. Um, in February 2016, uh, I was named general manager, along with Aaron Jennings, um, actually. Um, the next, well, 11 months, well, 10 months and a few days, uh, we just pieced together all the rest that we needed to, uh, to launch the station. Uh, we had found a transmitter. It needed some, uh, some work. So we sent it off to, um, a, a guy out in Portland named Michael Brown, who, uh, does a lot of work, a lot of it pro bono for, for community stations around all over the country, really mostly Northwest, but, um, where, where do you find a transmitter? Just where do you... we got ours donated by the uh, Salish Kootenai College. Actually, a pair of them, a pair of transmitters. One of them is ours. The other is the transmitter for KJFK up in Hot Springs. Oh, gotcha! Yeah. So those were yeah, those were gifts. Um, they they weren't in working order, but it took only a couple hundred dollars to to get them up and running again. Uh, in September of 2016, my wife and I drove out to Portland to pick up the transmitter and say hi to friends and then came back and it's like, all right, we've got it. Uh, we already had the antenna tower, which um, our board pres our current board president, Michael Kuslidge, and I helped Aaron Jennings and his father-in-law to fabricate a, a base for and, and, and to put onto the roof uh, in the spring of 2016. So all the pieces were coming together. Um, one of the... We, we, we started with, um, uh, sorry, I'm going to go off a lot of tangents here. So <laughs> Ramian, wherever you feel I'm getting too deep in the, in the weeds. Um, we started off in a little bit of, a little bit of debt, creating this space here in the union hall. We needed some electrical work. It wasn't enough. I mean, it doesn't take a lot, but we needed better than, you know, two prong 110 volt outlet. So we, uh, retro retrofit the electricals, um, and we were in the red and there was a question okay how do we do how do we do fundraising for something that people don't know what what it is or what it's going to be um and we weren't on air so we didn't have any way other than do a, a gofundme or a facebook page or whatever like all right how effective is that going to be how about if we just get on the air and we create our own platform to show people it could be something like this, or you know, it could be anything like you want to do a music program. Do you want to do a a show where you talk about um, your favorite truffle recipes or whatever? Um, you know, that, that's what we're here for. Uh, you want to talk about your your neighborhood um, movement to eradicate use of kitty litter as a uh, uh, keep people. What, what do you call it? People who are slipping, slipping on the ice. Oh, um, uh, like gravel or yeah. salt or because uh, it really stinks. I mean, even if it's clean kitty litter, it, it's it's fun anyway. I know. didn't know people use kitty litter for that. Well, it's more a Helena thing, I think. Really. Oh, hopefully, Missouri. like clean kitty litter, not yeah, like oh, yeah, this right, is my spent kitty right, litter. Here right, we go. Right. So it, it was. We decided. Okay, let's go for it. We, we've got all the parts. We got a couple thousand dollars in debt. Let's just launch it and and get going. 
And so we did New Year's Day 2017, and uh, we we got out of debt actually pretty quickly. Um, we we've been it's it's been a, a small budget operation since. How but, did you launch it? Did you use GoFundMe or something? no? We we did a, a series of fundraising events. Um, we did one with uh, the Glass Spiders, the Bowie tribute band, uh, who basically donated their 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 take from uh, a show at the Top Hat in March. Oh, nice! Of twenty sixteen, so we got a, a poster for that thing up in the. It was like ten days after. No, 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 that's not right. We designed the poster ten days after David Bowie had died. It was kind of like, oh, wait, we already knew this was happening, but now it's like, oh, there's going to be an extra huge turnout yeah. of teary-eyed boys from Free Cloud. That's a, <laughs> that's a Bowie reference. Um, if so strained, but and then so uh, uh, that was a, a, a very good, you know, windfall for us. We've had a few other fundraisers like that, but um, over the over the years, it isn't events like that. It's it's um, individual donations that have kept us going. And uh, and it's awesome that it, it's kept going, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like I, I I got to go to a couple of maybe like one board meeting or something like that, and. It really does seem like this radio station is run on a, on a shoestring, kind of just because it's donations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, but every month it it, it keeps going, mm -hmm. and uh, and you foresee that it it will continue to do so. Well, that's why I'm here, isn't it? <laughs> uh, You're a lifer now. Come on. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't take a huge amount to financially to get on the air um getting the license the fcc license to to broadcast in the first place there's a little bit of well i don't know patience involved with that because the fcc doesn't release um permits construction permits for for those all the time you have to apply for them when there's a window for them and uh there hasn't been a window and there won't be another one for anytime soon um so that's where well david max came into play uh, he had two build licenses one for hot springs and one for here um and then the uh the a community station is required to operate as a nonprofit station as a nonprofit organization um and that requires that you have you know all the volunteers to be on the board of directors and um people who are willing to donate their time as as officers and to attend meetings regularly um aside from doing all the hard work of wiring and and everything else that goes into the the day-to-day -day operations of a station um so there's a lot more I, i'm gonna use a phrase that it got stuck in my head just because i don't like it sweat equity <laughs> i don't know if it's really the right the right phrase but I guess it describes the the situation well enough. Um, we could do we could do a lot of very different amazing things with more money and a bigger budget, but in the end, uh, relatively speaking, you know, it it doesn't take a whole lot of money to you know bare minimum keep an, uh, a station going. But we've been we've been on the air for you know going on three years, and a lot of folks that have been around since since the beginning um, are chomping at the bit to you know hey let's let's get a second 
studio going where we can do more editing. Uh, let's do more community outreach. Let's get involved with um, uh, events and, and other organizations in the community that uh, we want to ally ourselves with as far as as far as community building is concerned. Rather than just waiting for people to come to us, we should engage other people and organizations more. Yeah, totally. Do we have an outreach coordinator? <laughs> um, I, no, no. Nominally, no. But uh, just all you know, the DJs you talking. Write about that on a hat, and I'll put that hat on too. But <laughs> no, and, and we have people who have you know taken on various mantles to to take on one responsibility or another. Um, events, underwriting, um, uh, volunteer coordinating. Uh, uh, that's aside from our regular officers who have maybe a little bit more um, defined roles with the organization. Um, John, uh, I, I always play uh, songs on Becca's Morning Buzz. Okay, but this and is I, on the Morning Buzz. The, yes, but in the it's Evening Buzz, gonna I also going. get to play songs. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> and I do have to, it's been a, quite a big switch, morning, evening, evening, morning. Um, but uh, I also always would play uh, a ditty, and it was the morning ditty. <laughs> um, and, and now it's the evening ditty. Okay. Uh, and so it's kind of fascinating, actually, uh, because the, the morning ditty was in, in D, in the key of D, and I started playing it and thought, like, oh, it doesn't feel like the, the evening. The, that. So I dropped it down to A. Okay. And, and I've got a new ditty, kind of new. All right. It's mostly the same, but just in a different key. And just, a, A's okay. Oh, but I'm I'm gonna uh, we're gonna go through it now for like the first time on the first show, and then the show will officially start. Oh, um, so I have to repeat myself. No, but that was the pre that was the pre show. Okay, the warm up. Yeah, folks gotcha. get get a taste, and then um, and then we we play a song, and you collect collect yourself. Okay. And then, <laughs> or it sends some text messages, I'm not sure. <laughs> Let me check. Actually, I, I thought I had my secretary here to do that for me, but apparently not. And, um, and then I might, I don't know, I might play a song. Do you ever, you, you listen to Becca's Morning Buzz, right? Mm-hmm. And um, did you have any songs that like pop into your head that you liked or anything at all? I, won't, I don't want to put you on the spot because <laughs> you'll be like, oh, I can't think of one. Um, but um, just, you could think about that too, if there's anything. Um, I like to. Do, do you know any Labor Day songs? Or Labor, Labor songs? Day? Labor songs. Ooh, gosh. You know what? I didn't even think of that. And today is Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, um, Anne and Aaron were down in the Bonner Park for the. Uh, the uh, Central Labor Council's uh, Labor Day picnic playing. And they did a couple songs. Uh, what's that one? You can't scare me, huh? Sticking with the union. Oh, sticking with the union. I like that one. Oh, I don't know any union songs. Okay. I do have a couple, you know, um, I do have a couple songs that I never play that I, I wrote that I never really play live, but one's called Money's Funny, Honey. Uh, <laughs> okay. And the other one's called Sensation Nation. I don't, those might be the closest I can think of right now. Let's, let's start with the sensational one. Oh, all right. Um, and, uh, oh, uh, uh, Angel from Montgomery is kind of like a mm. little bit, right? I, yeah, pl- yeah. I can play that. Yeah. We'll have to play that, that tonight. That would be, what's more 
Isn't that more of a civil rights song than a labor? I mean, they're yeah, they're related. it's a little bit close because she Let's says anyway. like you go to work in the morning and come home in the evening sure. and don't have any, anything to say. Can you play uh, Nine to Five by Dolly Parton? <laughs> I wish. It's a labor song. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely choosing from songs that I am able to play <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> already. <laughs> Let's see how the volume is. It looks good, um, and hopefully I don't play the wrong chords. So I'm going to do my best here. Um, Becca's mo- <laughs> Becca's evening buzz <laughs> I'll wind down your Monday with us We've got live tunes for you And a guest or two John Van Dyke KFGM General Manager There's only one You wanna get the load down Find out what's up in this town there we go. Phew, the it's, first. It is different. It's like, oh yeah, okay. It's it's a uh, yeah. I, I like the A. It, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working on it. But uh, that, I'm glad to have the first whew, playing of the evening ditty behind me. It's so funny because I even started off uh, still in the morning. I'm still in the morning. I could be in the morning. There's no windows in here. <laughs> keep forgetting. Yeah, it's weird. It's like uh, how different. You were just in here two mornings ago and. It- the lighting is exactly the same. Yeah, it's it's been really intense, actually. I don't usually come into the radio station like one day for two hours and then like two days later for two hours. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one of my favorite expressions about this scenery is uh, from Uncle Jeffy. He used to call it windowless yet scenic. <laughs> well, there is definitely lots uh, of stuff on the walls. Yeah. We have yeah, lots of pictures and paintings. And you know, it reminds me of my bedroom when I was in high school. Actually, <laughs> I could totally see this uh, being your bedroom in high school. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Someday you've got. I had windows in my bedroom when I was in high school. That's the only difference. I know community radio could make some money by uh, having a tour of the studio. <laughs> charge, <laughs> charge people. <laughs> A five-minute tour, we would charge $5 for five minutes, and they could come in and, and sit down. And it, it would be worth it if we can get people like to go up the, the rickety ladder at the back of the building so we can show them the, the uh, antenna and the, and the shaft that goes down to the basement Oh, where it all connects. Oh. That's exciting. Um, There's a shaft that goes from the roof all the way down to the basement? Yeah. Or transmitters down in the basement. And, oh, gotcha. Uh, so well, that's, that's how it gets up there. And the antennas on the roof and the transmitters in the basement? Yeah, unless it's um, really windy and then sometimes the antenna is on the floor, on the ground. I remember that sidewalk. happened this well, last it didn't winter. Quite happen. It was like, it, it, it had toppled over, yeah, with that big windstorm. Oh, that was. There was no, no sound. There was dead air on community radio. Right, yeah. So this in the middle of like February. That we're using right now, we were, we were installing it and we'd, we had taken out the old one. We put this one in. It's like, okay, well, I think. I think it's uh, you know part way there. Let's give it a give it a whirl, turn it, power it all up, and say, like, hmm, nothing's coming out. What's going on? Well, I don't know. Let's go check out the transmitter downstairs, and well, I don't know what, what the heck could it be. We go outside, and sure enough, the top of the antenna had it's a it it was a twenty foot antenna tower with an aerial and a lightning rod on it as well. And it toppled over in the wind uh, with one bolt still holding it secure to the to the roof where we could just kind of see it hanging there uh off the side and it was nice oh well so yeah aaron went up and 
pulled it back and made sure that you know nothing was horribly damaged or uh, destroyed. Everything looked okay except for the tower itself. Came back. We we had plans to go up again in in two weeks' time with uh, a sturdier uh, foundation for it. But uh, again, people were like, "Hey, you know, we have." Among our volunteers, trained professionals, people who know how to work with metal, people who know how to work with industrial equipment and tools. Let's just do this. And so uh, less than a week later, we were back up on the roof. We had chopped off 18 inches of the of the the tower at the bottom because it had shorn kind of made a mess of itself. So clean start put it back on a, a sturdier foundation that's not going to be, be uh, shaken by the Hellgate Canyon winds as as easily. Um, it's going to take a hurricane to rip that thing off now. Oh, good. So, yeah, because we don't have hurricanes around here. So, um, Yeah, and we were back on the air. Like, we'd been, we'd been streaming and streaming only for a week, and now we're back on air. And though it's a low-power FM uh, broadcast, 100 watts, very low power, um, you know, it's kind of a pride point. It's like... This is our. We're a radio station. If we're not radio stationing, you know, broadcasting, then then what? <laughs> right? And it, it was kind. Of, it's kind of weird, but you know, it was a good point for us to collaborate, get together, and say, "All right, let's you know, pool our faculties and get it done." Um, so that was that was exciting. <laughs> and I had, I had I had excused myself actually partway through it. Uh, my, it was my, it was my daughter's first birthday and we had a photo shoot and it was like, I, you know, there there are enough of you here. I need to uh, walk away. It's just the same, you know, the way around. It's like, all right, I take my daughter to to preschool and I gotta, I gotta turn around and walk away and, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta trust the professionals and say, all right, this is, this is where you take over, you know? So I need to do that more generally. Yeah, are there many people that you can pass the baton to uh, at the radio station? For a lot of things, there are. Um, there are a lot of people that want to, you know, be more involved and, and take over more. But at the same time, you know, everybody has uh, their own their own thing, their own lives. So it's like you know, there's a certain limit to you know the amount of time that people can commit to it. So, uh, so but anybody, I mean, let's see, I. Uh, <laughs> And I'm not sure if I should say how I got started in radio because you didn't know about it for a while, right? Like Christiana from the Community Yoga Show. Oh, right, uh, right. Just asked me to cover her shows yeah. and uh, she showed me how to use like a few buttons on the board and and there I went. Uh, and it has been, wow, such a learning process. Uh, but like uh, after I had covered maybe like eight of her Saturday morning shows from 8 to 10 a.m. one morning, you walked in and you were like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that wasn't that wasn't the last time that that happened either. Really? <laughs> uh, wait, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I I, I knew mo- many of her early on, early morning helpers, because I was coming in to um, open up the station. It, we, it's a funny thing about this place is is the security, and I don't know how much. I guess it's okay if I just share this with everybody because. <laughs> We we have so few keys to get into the building, and it's just like a we have to have these uh, uh, outdated technology to 
to work with, you know, well, the radio is pretty low fi uh, technology anyway. But uh, they're keys that we can't have copied and um, that we can't make more of for, for our folks to come in. And so it's like limited amount of access. It, it, that was frustrating. But in it, at the same time, it's also a, an opportunity for for me to come in and make sure, all right, everything's in in working order. And the guys from Friday night haven't made a, too much of a mess of the place. <laughs> they never do. I'm just joking. But um, make sure that everything's working. And, you know, a lot of times early on, it, it was more often than not the case that something needed to be fixed or turned off or restarted or thrown away or extinguished or whatever. Oh. I've I've been looking forward to part of the reason I've been looking forward to doing an evening show is because uh, I, I I've never known what to expect when I walk in on Saturday morning and for a long time I mean I've gotten so much better at troubleshooting everything mm-hmm. but for a long time my troubleshooting skills you know only went so far and uh, yeah and, and then uh, I also am excited because uh, sometimes like you said there's only one key and sometimes I would show up to do my show and ca- not be able to get into the building or and be out there knocking until someone would uh, let me in uh, and so I feel like that won't happen on Monday evening because I could come in through the union if it's locked outside mm-hmm. unless it's holiday like unless today. it's a holiday oh yes right is the Union Club open tonight? I didn't no, even look. No, yeah. Oh. They were hosting the picnic in Bonner Park. Ah, right. A good time. Well, um, I'm glad that you brought <laughs> your own uh, beer because the Union is closed. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are drinking uh, Sapporo. And uh, your wife is Japanese and you go to Japan. I mean, you just were there not uh, too long ago. Yeah, last month I was there for three weeks. Uh, my wife and daughter were there for five weeks. Uh it was a it was a fun, humid visit. Humid visit. Humid, humid. It was humid. I'd forgotten about. Well, so I spent about fifteen years in in Sapporo, the city of. Um, the you lived there for fifteen years. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it it's that's way north. I'm, well, way north in Japan, in the, the northernmost island. Um, my wife is from Aomori, which is the northern tip of the main island just across the straits from Hokkaido and uh the difference was just incredible uh just humidity temperature a little bit but humidity was just like oh man so I I flew in and I took the bullet train up to uh Aomori and took spent a couple days there um made sure that my daughter hadn't forgotten who I was and uh then got on a train again to go visit friends up in, in Sapporo. And I got off the train. And I'm like, oh, it's it's like it's like a natural air conditioner. It's just, you know, the, it feels so nice. It's like just comfortable. And so I, I was there for f- about four days. Um, low 80s, maybe high, high 80s uh, at, at the hottest, but a little humid. And then going back to Aomori, um, after that and i get off the off the train just blah you know you you know the feeling you get off an airplane or whatever and it just kind of hits you like this wall of hot spray just it just saps your energy and 
I do know that feeling. Uh, for a couple places I've lived, uh, first of all, I'm from Pennsylvania originally. And oh my gosh, do we have hot, uh, humid, humid summers uh, in Pennsylvania. And then um, I lived in South Korea for two years and just across uh, the way from yeah. Japan. And oh my God, is it humid there in the summertime. Yeah. So uh, the same, and anywhere in Southeast Asia, so humid or like the Caribbean, right? Yeah. <laughs> Key West, oh yeah. gosh. I like humidity. Montana is so, so dry. Yeah. But um, I just had to chuckle at your Sapporo here. What were you doing in Japan for 15 years? I did a lot of different things. Let's see. I started off um, just as as a kid being very interested in, in Japan. Um, movies were, were part of that. Um, I used to joke, but I'm not really sure if it was... If, if if it were if it was a joke or if I actually did say it, but when people ask me what I wanted to be when I grew, grew up, I would respond Godzilla, <laughs> um, just because I was like, yeah, awesome, I'm gonna go out and destroy whatever. Um, let's see. So in high school, I I studied a semester of of Japanese with a visiting instructor who, after his, I think he was teaching at Sentinel for two years, um, went back to Kumamoto and became the <clears throat> um, chair. I'm not sure exactly what the title would be. The superintendent, the, the top person in charge of, of public education in the school system in Kumamoto. That was very interesting to find out years later. Um, that was my, that was my uh, introduction to I guess Japanese culture, as far as like language was concerned. My mom took me to Japan when I was eight. When I was a little kid, we took a trip of the Pacific Rim. Basically, we went to Hong Kong before. Um, it was what's the word? Re, re restored, re, reverted, re returned to Chinese uh, control. Uh, Australia, um, Southern Island of New Zealand, and Hawaii, and then back home. That, so that was, on that trip, that was my first experience in Japan. It was just a four-day trip. We stopped off and visited friends who were there visiting, and that was that was maybe my first like, oh wow, what a what an amazing place. I mean, Hong Kong was pretty cool. Australia was it was summertime there, and it was speaking of hot, humid place. Ugh. Anyway, New Zealand was really awesome. I've been there once since then. Hawaii was cool, but Japan was like, oh, it just stuck with me. Um. Uh, so I ended up graduating from high school, entering UM, and did a double major in political science and Japanese. And um, by the time I was a junior, um, I had accrued enough credits that they were like, "Okay, we'll you, we'll recognize you. You're, you're standing," um, and I could take like a year off basically to do an internship in Japan. So I got like I don't know four credits for the entire year. Um, teaching in junior high uh, uh, junior high schools in a small city in Hokkaido um, so I was in Hokkaido there for uh, just under a year uh, going from school to school working for uh, the yeah the, the public school system um, they paid for well they didn't pay for it they had a subsidized apartment for me to live in there um, but I was basically just kind of left on my own in a, a, a small Japanese community and 
you know, occasionally be like, oh, John Sensei, you should come and join us for, for this thing or that thing. But I mean, it was all in Japanese and I studied two years, so comfortable enough to get by. Um, then I had a semester abroad in Tokyo. I live, lived in Tokyo for a year. Well, a year and a half, not a year and a half, less than a year, more than half a year. <laughs> Came back and uh, while I was there, I had applied for a um, a Japanese government scholarship to go to graduate school in in Sapporo, Hokkaido University, uh, to study political science, international relations. And, um, I got it. I, it's kind of I was a little bit blown away that hey, wow, I got this huge full ride scholarship with a stipend to go study in Japan in Sapporo. Wow. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is awesome. So I finished my, my semester in Tokyo, uh, came back, graduated. I was back in, in Missoula for like two months and then turned around and left again. And so then I, yeah, that started my my long time in in Sapporo, uh, first as a student and then as a teacher and then as a interpreter, translator, um, uh, wedding officiant. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I ran a bar for a little while, uh, promoted music, and maybe most notably got my start in radio. There were six low-power FM community stations. They weren't, well, yeah, they were low-power FM community stations in Sapporo. My friend and I, who had, we'd been in a band together for a couple of years and um, had started promoting Partly to um, showcase the amazing amount of talent there was in Sapporo. Partly to get the word out about the shows that we were putting on monthly with local artists. Uh, because we wanted people in the door. We were thinking, hey, you know, could we do like a radio show or something? So we we sat down in at my place and put together some songs from local artists and uh, did this bilingual uh, back and forth uh, kind of part comedy, part variety show. And uh, it turned into like an interview program uh, that we, we, we took around to like five radio stations, including the, the big commercial stations. And one of them said, huh, what, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you fellas do on Monday nights? what time <laughs> and so that was it so we had an hour-long program the very next week and i was i was the i was the mouth and andy his on name persona was dirty bob uh he was running the board and and uh he would come up with these really bad um off-colored comments that was his role and then i had to describe them that like basically interpret what he had just said in Japanese and also scold him at the same time. Did you just say you wonder what color underwear they're wearing or whatever? You know, and, it, and it got looter than that. And it was just like, you know, the rules are a little bit different on Japanese radio, but, but it was all local, all local music um, every week. Wow. What, yeah. what's the local Sapporo music scene like? Um, varied. I'll put it that way. I mean, it's a two, almost 2 million person population. Um, we had, so the shows that we were putting on, we had, you know, metal bands, 
um, heavy metal bands who didn't want they there that was a weird thing. There was a lot of um, click clickiness. Um, people who didn't run in the same circles. We didn't have a circle, so we just brought everybody into our big giant circle, and that was really fun. Like we would have a rockabilly band, a a brass band, and uh, um, uh, an interpretive techno with a shamisen uh, hooked up to a, a some weird fuzz box. Three different bands playing, you know, back to back to back. People who, you know, had had been using, playing in in sometimes the same venues, but didn't know each other. Um, that that was always fun to be able to bring them together and see sometimes new collaboration uh, spawn from that. But uh, yeah, we had just a, a, a amazing variety of of different kinds of musicians. And and so after 15 years in total in Japan, you came back to Missoula? Well, I'm from Missoula. But what, what made you decide to, uh, right? Because you must have had quite a life established mm. in Japan. Yeah. Um, so I'd been, there wasn't, there wasn't enough in, I mean, we were volunteering on the radio, just same as here. Um I had begun <clears throat> managing a, a bar that had kind of fallen to the wayside. It was a weird management situation that I should not have gotten into anyway, in hindsight, legally. But it was something that I needed to do just to make a break from uh, the c- confinements of what you're, what you're um, allowed or expected to do. I guess there's a kind of a the line between allowed and expected in Japan are maybe a little bit blurrier than America. <clears throat> and between yeah. what is allowed and what is expected, the line is blurry between what is allowed and what is expected. Yeah. Oh. Um, as far as like being a foreigner in, in, in the foreign land, you, you're expected to do certain things, um, and, and not do other things. Um, Case in, I mean, like every one of my friends living in Sapporo, who was who was a foreigner, um, was an English teacher, and I was done with that. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I mean, I'd been finding this job or that job here and there to <clears throat> um, keep myself interested in anything other than you know, other than the 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 grind of the. Uh, foreign language college professor uh, it, it, it had gotten me so down and I, I couldn't understand how my friends could um, find contentment in it <laughs> I still don't but I mean they've been doing it actually for you know a very long time now they're happy so that's cool but I wasn't um, I, I just I decided I needed to do something different and I'd been thinking for a long time what I really need to do is um, refocus my efforts in getting into um, international development. That would that had been my my interest, my coinciding interest back in college, um, majoring in political science and, and Japanese was like, I want to be a diplomat. I want to I want to make sure that people in um, Uzbekistan are, you know, 
doing okay. <laughs> um, Uz- Uzbekistan? Or, or <laughs> Tajikistan. Or, well, there's, that's another story there as well. But um, yeah, I just, I, I needed a break and I started managing a bar. And uh, about six months later, after I'd reopened it and rebranded it, <clears throat> um, I was exited from the country for running a bar with improper visas. So. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh. So that's really the most immediate uh, way that I got back to Missoula. But <sighs> it kind of worked out. It was like, well, that's what I needed to do, really. I just, I had been denying denying that for a long time like no no if i keep holding on if i'm if i'm patient a little bit longer you know things will um things will change and they didn't until they really did <laughs> i was like oh it'll be no so that was that was an abrupt exit um a let's see so that was in october of 2010 uh january 2011 i started the master's program at the university of montana in public administration i had already decided in my mind that's what i want to do that's what i need to get into i did a little bit a little bit of research into like what programs are good is this a good program well that's not a bad program it's in my hometown and you know i neglected my mother for enough years so uh (laughs) i moved into her basement bedroom my old bedroom and oh i bet she was so happy to have you back uh yeah she's got a good poker face i don't know i think she probably (laughs) i think she was and uh, about three years later, uh, my wife, my then girlfriend, Kari, came over and then we got married. Did you meet her so, in uh, Japan? Yeah, in Sapporo. Oh, nice. Was she on vacation or something? So she was a student in Sapporo. Um, not at any of the schools I was working at. We just ran into each other. That's a funny story about how we met, but it was in a club downtown we just hit it off. Nice. Well, you guys are so sweet as far as I can Aww. tell. And your little daughter is just the cutest. Oh, my gosh. And she grows. So I don't see her that much. But every time I do, she's bigger and she's a like, lusty little thing. Yeah, she's... um. Oh, man. She went after the hamburgers and the ice cream at the uh, Labor Day picnic today. I bet she did. She she looks like she... Uh, like she... she she gains weight well like she's she's got you know girth to her she's tough looks tough yeah i hope so because she's gonna get picked on <laughs> what she's like the sweetest little thing i i think that uh mixed babies are just the cutest i love the like com- combination of features and but that's just me um you know, I, I haven't played a single song yet. And, you did the uh, uh, the morning, the, the evening, evening ditty. <laughs> evening ditty. How long do you think it's going to take me to stop saying morning ditty? I don't know. You better do it again, just to you know work out the kinks and. Oh, um, I think I'll work out the kinks okay. and come back next week and try right. it again uh, for Sue. Uh, I was going to play one song for you. That's a that's a pretty advanced uh, song to to just bust right out, but. Um, Becca's evening buzz, and just like Becca's morning buzz, is not about being perfect, right? It's about being daring. Being daring. Being there. Being there. Yes. And uh, and just doing it anyway, right? Right. Um, yeah, I make it up as I go along. Uh, and uh, just so anybody listening out there knows, there's no scripts uh, to this show. <laughs> and uh, no playlist. And... And I, li- I like it that way because uh, I think that's the way life is. 
And one of the things that really inspires me with radio is how in the moment you have to be uh, to be able to just speak uh, into a microphone uh, and then not spend too much time thinking about how many people might be listening, uh, especially when you know you're making mistakes uh, live for all to hear. Um, I'm going to put my, gu my guitar strap on, but um, I, I would imagine, John, that being uh being on the radio helped helped you kind of i don't know be a better public speaker or be more confident no <laughs> really not at all no were you just already there it m made me less self-conscious for sure but i don't think it made me better <laughs> <sighs> I, i'm um i don't worry as much about if i say uh um a lot more even though it's like just verboten really to <laughs> say uh but now you just own it you know i think really jeff goldblum was huge for me in in that department you know that jurassic park oh was, life uh 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 finds a way you know that when he's like just he's in control of that uh it's his uh uh uh, uh. don't shy away from it just take it and then, and it's radio, you know, so just, just let it go. If you want to edit it and, you know, use it for a podcast or something, you can, you can cut that out in editing. Um, you know, speaking of which, um, um, I, when I first listened to the recordings of my, of Becca's Morning Buzz, uh, ages ago, I was shocked uh, and appalled at how many times I said, uh, <laughs> and um, I had no, cause I had no idea while I was speaking that all of these uhs and ums were also uh, appearing. I don't, you know, it's like you don't hear them, but they are there. And so I've definitely, you know, focused on not saying um and uh, but it still happens. And I, so I don't beat myself up anymore, but I do think it's gotten better. I, I think I've become, maybe either I speak more slowly uh, to, to, to have more time to, to process things, or I've just gotten maybe more relaxed, or I'm not sure. It's been, yeah, I've I've learned so much with with radio, and uh, I don't know, being a radio uh, radio show host. That's what I am, right? I guess I'm a radio show host. You kind of just gotta roll roll with it, as far as I can tell. Yeah. How much uh, carryover do you think there is from just performing in front of a microphone with with a guitar or an instrument? And then moving that into a, a radio station, into a broadcast studio, and having somebody to play off of, shall we say? Yeah, it's nice to have somebody to to talk to. I I've considered, I even tried once to come into the studio and maybe play snippets of past shows or um, have some music from other musicians that I've interviewed and play that and maybe play some live songs, but. The reason I started interviewing people to begin with was because I didn't know how else to fill the airwaves. I, <laughs> <laughs> right? I I don't have a vast music collection, and all I really can do involving music is, is play guitar and, and sing, and that's the first reason I ever went on the radio anyway, because I was invited to come on and play some songs. So, uh, yeah, the format really just kind of formed its itself, and, you know playing in front of people you, you can kind of really just get into the songs because you play so many at one time and 
after starting my show and playing live music on it, I definitely realized why most people don't play live music uh, on, on the radio uh, for many reasons. One, I have to be my own sound engineer. <laughs> and that, having no background in right adjusting sound, that has been very, very challenging. But also because if I'm interviewing somebody, I never have that flow of playing songs. Like I kind of always just have to whip a song out without really necessarily warming my fing- necessarily warming my fingers up or even like being in that zone to play a song. But I think that's healthy. I think you shouldn't think too much about playing a song. Just maybe bust it out sometimes. It's been good, good practice for me to not take it too seriously. <laughs> and uh, thank God, you know, when I first started broadcasting, you know, doing stuff on, on over the air, and I felt like nobody was listening. And now I can't really tell. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I can tell. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, maybe it was a few months into our our show back in, in Sapporo. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it was a small station, um, but it had a following. Uh, I would go into, you know, the center of town, like a festival or whatever, or walking around where there's, you know, hundreds or thousand people uh, crossing the streets or whatever. And, you know, somebody would walk up to me and say, oh, you're Montana John on the radio. Like, y- y- yes. How do you recognize me? I'm on the radio. It's like, oh, I looked you up on the on the the station's website. Oh wow! It's like, oh wow, people are actually you know taking the time to to listen and research. <gasps> oh my gosh, actually research you know their 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 favorite shows and their and their uh, favorite presenters. So people have surprised me by uh, coming up to me when I'm out and out and about out of the blue and telling me they've enjoyed my show and thanks so much for doing it and. I wouldn't say it happens every day, but when it does happen, I'm I'm always a pretty blown away and B really yeah it 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 gives me the the energy to keep doing it you know that it, not only that I get to interview somebody every week but that other folks hear that and and appreciate it um, even if it just comes back to me via like one person every couple months I, I feel like that's pretty cool um, and. Well, anyway, we only have a couple minutes left until the top of the hour, and um, you know what? I'm gonna I'll play I'll finish it with a song, and you asked if I had any Labor Day songs, and well, I'll I'll play this song, a couple songs I have, and they're not like the brightest, lightest, happiest songs, and I'm gonna do my best because uh, this one is actually a song that my band and I collaborated on. Um, I. I we started with uh, nine nine songs that I, I wrote, and then uh, the 10th song we did together. So Kyle D'Souza, the bass player, supplied chords, and uh, I added uh, lyrics, and then we fiddled with it a little bit. And, uh, and we usually just play the song together, um, but uh, I'll try to play it. It's called Sensation Nation.
education for the nation What a sweet sensation Instant gratification, pure intoxication It's for everyone Me, let me undo you. I'll see right through you. See through every word. I dig the shape of your body. Let's make a party. Let's make it. Let's make it for everyone. Frustration nation. Sensation is the conversation Creation creates its own incarceration So tell me, spell me who you are I'll know that you are so cat as someone Fill me with elation Take a soul's vacation Take it Take it for everyone Do me, let me undo you I'll see right through you See through everyone I dig the shape of your body Let's make a party Let's make it Let's make it for everyone Frustration nation, gratification, what a sweet sensation Creation creates its own emancipation So show me your sexualization, give me inspiration You know you're God's creation, I know that you are a big star but you Get far without every, without everyone. Fill me with elation, soothe my irritation. Draw me with attraction, lift me from. Nation, commune, create communication, creation creates its own emancipation. Proclamation, not for all the huge corporations. The foundation of the nation We, the people, we're the church without a steeple No walls except the ribs inside your chest The walls that you move with everywhere Every waking breath 
frustration nation commune create communication creation creates its own emancipation You are listening to 105.5 KFGM, Missoula's community radio station, streaming online live from anywhere in the world at 1055kfgm.org. You are listening to the second half of the first, the very first Becca's evening (laughs) (laughs) buzz, right? Uh, We need some like symbols or something in the background. Oh, wait, you know, I have that on my phone. There's an app for that. Oh, bust it out. I'll say Becca's um, Evening Buzz again, and then you can do... You know, um, I just realized there's other things to note when changing your time slot. You got to check your uh, your schedule of underwriting events to be read. <gasps> but there is one new that we want everybody to be playing, and it's, it's up on the computer, actually. There's Ooh. a card as well, but... Up on the on the computer, there's a. It says KFGM welcomes. Uh, is it on the Windows Media Player? It, you can play it there, but where where is it? If you minimum, I'm just going to go over minimize there and this and uh, turn it. All right, gosh! Uh, every time I come here, there's something new to learn. Uh, oh, under it. Oh, shrink that one down. Okay. Okay, and then put the computer on. Here we go. Wear you down. On Friday, September 27th, you'll have a chance to recharge your internal battery when KFGM Missoula Community Radio welcomes broad comedy to the MCT Center for the Performing Arts in an evening of comedy and political satire. It's a benefit for the ACLU of Montana. Producing snarky, provocative, lovable, and award-winning all-women's comedy since 2001. Nothing is sacred with the broads except an unflinching look at America today. Opening the show on this Dare to Laugh tour is local stand-up comedian Lenny Peppers. She's a member of the Northern Cheyenne tribe and a Crow tribe descendant with a passion to share indigenous stories. Proceeds from this broad comedy performance will benefit the ACLU of Montana, helping to support their work for justice, equality, and individual rights here in our state. That's Broad Comedy at MCT, Friday, September 27th. Doors open at 7 p.m. The show starts at 8. KFGM will be there, too, so please stop by our table in the lobby to pick up a guide to all of our programming and find out how you, too, can become a volunteer at Missoula Community Radio. This show will likely sell out, so don't miss out. You can get advanced tickets at Rockin' Rudy's or online at aclumontana.org. For more information on the Broad Comedy Dare to Laugh Tour, call 406-203-3376 or visit aclumontana.org. Well, there you have it, Missoula. Bro- that was a mouthful. Yeah, right? Broad Comedy. That sounds that sounds funny, actually. I think it would be funny myself. I didn't know anything about it, so yeah. Uh, Nancy Walton's been putting this together. Um, it sounds fun. It sounds super fun. There's she uh, brought four tracks in as well um, for our DJs to be playing, and they're all like great parody tunes. There's one called "Ice Ice Baby." Oh, who yeah, parodies what? done by who? By the Broad Comedy. Troupe. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's not. 
it has nothing to do with uh, Beachfront Avenue or stopping and collaborating and listening. It's about, you know, uh, uh, immigration and customs enforcement. Oh. That ice, ice baby. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's a yes, bigger uh, issue these these days. Um, you know, I, we we only have this show. My show always goes by so fast. Or time at community radio always goes by so fast. So, yeah, I think oh god, a two hour show. You know, we're gonna have so much to talk about, and it's already it's always over before I feel like I even get started practically. But one thing I really wanted to talk with you about is. Why community radio? What's the big difference? I think maybe maybe our listeners know, or maybe they don't know. But what what is the big difference uh, between um, the freedom that we have with community radio and then that what, how the other stations function and why mm-hmm. we yeah? Qu- um, just access, um, being able to pitch an idea and and uh and and share it with your your uh, fellow community members and creating community building community um with the the end goal simply being that um it's not it's not about money uh, well there's a part of it that's money but it's not about making money it's not about making a dividend the bottom line is is community building and um including people into into your community um creating community building community that's it, that's what it is how how does a community radio station build community whereas other radio stations don't well it it doesn't preclude other commercial stations from building community um we i think are better prepared better um equipped to do that because we're a volunteer organization. We, we expect people to make mistakes while they're learning how to, you know, use some broadcast equipment. Um, but we're not trying to, uh, fit into some kind of genre. We're not trying to get the most kind of listeners who are going for their drive time. We want people to, you know, seek us out for our programming, which is, um, unique in the community. Um, that's not something that you find on commercial radio. I've always thought, uh, this is one difference and correct me if I'm wrong, but say like a a radio station that plays all the hits and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. they get money from advertisers and therefore they're kind of like beholden to the advertisers standards. Like that can happen. Um, uh, and Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, then they they have to they have to make money because they have to pay sometimes maybe for uh, not only yeah, the, the station. Yeah, running a but, commercial station is a l- costs a lot more than running a, a non non com non commercial NCB non commercial broadcaster. Um, it's so the licensing fees alone are I don't know like twenty times more what you have to what we have to pay. Um, fees for if you're if you're running a uh, a full power high power transmitter i mean those transmitters alone cost a lot uh you have to have um an engineer basically on on call at all times like paid for that's re- that's a fcc requirement i may i think 
I'm pretty sure. I'm At not, all times, like twenty four seven. You have seven? to have some. Well, on call, not necessarily on site, but you have to have you have to have trained professionals as well who have some kind of licensure. Um, community, community stations don't have that requirement. Um, we just the, make a night playlist and let it roll, right? Well, let's see. So there was a change in rules about. Um, there used to be a rule that you had to have somebody at the station at any time that you were broadcasting. And that rule was eliminated um, not too long ago, within the last 10 years. Um, the The reason for that was to keep commercial stations from setting up like dummy stations as relays to expand their, their coverage. Um, they eliminated that. I'm not really sure why. It didn't have to do with, oh, it's too hard for us to man our station at night. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but um, it did make it a lot easier for non-commercial stations to not have to have somebody there. Um, like if you're a commercial station, you if you're if you're doing it right, then you've probably got enough money to have somebody there at the station trained, you know, around the clock. But um, most commercial, most community stations and a lot of college stations um, don't, they, they run on volunteer power. So and that's so, harder to do. So then, um, you know, I, I've always loved, before I ever listened to community radio or knew anything about it or this station even existed, my two favorite stations in town were MTPR and uh, KFGM, uh, KBGA, sorry. And, um, and I still have those on my, you know, my dial uh, radio stations. Uh, but those two radio stations also um, are different from community radio. And they're not commercial stations either, right? right? Um, and they have some kind of holds on what they can do that community radio doesn't have. Is that correct? Well, um, effectively, yes. But a lot of that comes down to you know, just the, the way that they organize. It's not legal requirement. It's more... Um, the policies that they establish. Um, KUFM or MTPR is a national public radio affiliate. So they get a lot of their content from national, well, national public radio. Um, and they've done a, I, I have to say the, a better job in the last few years of um, bringing in community members to, to do music programs. Um, but, it seems like it's strictly music programs. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. That's one of, I, I, I listen to NPR News in the morning and there are other programming elsewhere. Otherwise, KBGA, uh, I was on staff there when I was in grad school and um, and then a DJ representative, which is like a... I, I went to the staff meetings to represent the, the volunteer DJs. Um, learned a lot about uh, operating radio station, um, volunteer management, volunteer recruiting, uh, and coordinating through that without KBGA, you know, the station wouldn't be, wouldn't be around at all. Um, because it's supplied like brain power, you mean? The, well, like an idea of how to organize, um, around, organize around the volunteers rather than organize around, um, the, the money. If that makes sense, you know, um, have have the foundation of the organization be the people as opposed to the 
the bottom line hierarchical or yeah mm. structure of staff and I dictate everything. No, it's like no, you, the the people who are in the studio have the power to to do what they want to do. We're not going to give you a quota of. Although I would, I think it would be really fun to just convert to a strictly local music uh, rule. You can't play any music that wasn't uh, doesn't have some kind of a Montana connection or a Missoula connection. <laughs> that would ruin everybody's shows. Really, <laughs> it would make it, it hard. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there there are programs. Uh, there are stations that have that kind of a a rule about how how much new music they have to play, um, where that music comes from. Uh, other countries have like really strict rules about that. Even for small stations, um, you have to have. I don't know, 20%, 40% local content, or um, I, th- I think it's Australia, I think, that has um, between the hour, what hour of some whatever in the morning to in the evening, you had to have 20% of your music had to be Australian music. There's some rule about that. I don't know exactly what it is, but... Is I there mean, a rule like that for community radio? No. Um, and that's all, like, internal. And that's what I'm talking about, like... Um, FCC imposed rules versus like rules that uh, a station will impose on itself in order to um, drum <laughs> drum up business. That's not really the right word. Um, in order to make sure that you know the the content that they want to highlight is being played. Um, so if if I wanted to make sure that uh, artists that are playing in town next week get played, you know, I could make a uh, a folder on the on the computer for people to find tracks by those artists and make sure that they're all you know clean radio broadcast clean and uh and uh people can play them but then require that people play at least one of them during their show or you know once an hour or something like that you know i i'm sure there would be a, a lot of folks that's saying well that's just not reasonable for me or that doesn't fit into my my genre so i don't know it's an idea. It's something that I think about occasionally, but you know, we're 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 still very much in the toddler stage, I think. So, do we have um, a, a percentage that we're uh, that we have to play of local material at all no. a- anywhere in the states for any radio station? I don't. I don't think so. Huh. I don't think there is any rule like that. So, would you describe then the difference between like KBGA and KFGM, like the co- college radio station versus community radio station? Because they run on donations, just like KUFM. Mm, but no, K- no, KBGA runs on a student fee. Oh, it doesn't come from donations at all. Well, I'm, I'm sure they've had drives. They before. do. They 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 run the um, radiothon every spring. Yeah, or there late we go. Winter. I got a really cool tank top from yeah. the radiothon. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but that's, it's, it's a big drop, but it's a drop in the bucket as far as what their annual, uh, budget is. Most of it comes from student fee. Oh, okay. And so then their, their content is somewhat beholden to what the university approves, right? I mean, no, 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 it's not. Um, so they have music directors and, uh, the music directors have, you know, their, their music come in from a variety of labels and independent artists. Um, and they'll go through them and listen to some of them and, you know, keep the ones that whoever, whatever the music directors think is, is good, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hold on to. 
Um, they used to, and I don't think they have this system anymore. They used to have volunteer uh, assistant music directors who would like specialize in a specific genre and say, "Well, I really, I, I really like this music, and I'd like to add it to the to the library." Um, and then they would have their submissions. So, and that takes a lot of coordinating because it, it's all it's all really well cataloged. They they create a, a listing of music that gets added each week um, and it stays in the new music listing for four weeks and after four weeks it gets moved to the recently added as opposed to new music um, and they did have a requirement I don't know if that is still in place or not but there were a requirement that if you were doing a show between the hours of 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. that you had to play four tracks from the new music list. Oh, and so, so does all the music that gets played on KBGA have to be approved by the music director first? No, 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 it doesn't. So a DJ can bring in music and just kind yeah. of do their own thing? Yeah, and yeah. Okay. As long as it's, you know, uh, meets community standards and is not in violation of FCC rules. Not the same as here. Yeah, yeah, like there's, uh, it, it's taken me a while to kind of uh, internalize some of the FCC rules. Like I, I bring people on my show and I always want to tell people like, go to this person's workshop or like go to this person's website and check out their business. Class is only $50, write something, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, you're not allowed to say, go do this. Uh, and you're not allowed to name uh, prices either. Mm -hmm. And um, what are some other things where, cur I mean, some cur cuss words are not allowed? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and th th those are all things that are uh, all, all non-commercial broadcasters have in common. Um, let's see. Advertising. We don't do advertising. We can't have somebody say, oh, come on down to Bob Schwartz Chevrolet, the <laughs> lowest prices in the Southwest. Or, you know, we can't, we can't do that at all. Any that That's ad that's really bad advertising too, by the way, but it, it gets played on commercial radio. But if somebody donates to the radio station, then they can get like a syndication, right? And we can say like, yes. uh, Tom or law offices, blah, 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 blah. So right? yeah, we, it, we call it underwriting, which is basically, it's, it is a, don it's an acknowledgement of a donation made by a, a local entity, be it a person, a household or a, another nonprofit organization or a company. Um, and so we have requirements on what kind of language we can use on that kind of an underwriting mention. So we can't say, like you said, can't mention the price of anything. We can't give a, uh, a, a qualitative description of it. Like uh, we offer the best service in doggy massages in on the north side of Missoula, come on down for a little, yeah, you know, um, can't use that kind of qualitative language either. So you can, you can use language like we've been in business for 35 years. Um, if it's factually correct and, and accurate, then you can, there's, there's a little more leeway there, but, um, if it basically we're trying to keep people from sensationalizing their, their 30 seconds of, of uh, underwriting mention time on air. So. All right, like you couldn't say, better than all the other doggy massages, right. yeah, massage sure masseuses. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> one, so KBMF is uh, the non-commercial low-power FM station in Butte. 
um, their their slogan. It's very clever. Uh, Clark Grant was the general manager manager there, and he was um, the outgoing general manager at KBGA when I was joining staff. Uh, he oversaw my training, and uh, I'm pretty sure this is his. Um, this was his idea, but the the slogan for KBMF is um, America's most radio. America's most radio. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I didn't. It's I didn't qualitative, realize that. but it's like, well, <clears throat> okay. I don't know what that means, really, but okay, <laughs> it works. Okay. So um, I wanted to use something similar to that, but it hasn't really caught on, and I don't know if I can really even really uh, recall it. Um, KBGA. And I was, I was, this is what it was. I was calling KBGA, um, Missoula's best imaginary radio station before we were on the air. Um, and then we, we were launched. And so I was like, all right, now we can call it something else. And I don't know, maybe we can KBGA formerly Missoula's best imaginary radio station. KBGA or KFGM. Sorry. KFGM. Um, uh, <laughs> Missoula's best formerly, formerly best imaginary radio station. Because it's, it, it's neither, it's no longer imaginary, or is it no longer the best? I don't know which one can we get away with. And it's it kind it's, of is still though imaginary. I mean, because that's the fascinating thing to me about ideal. sound and audio mm. is like it doesn't exist. You yeah. can't grab a radio wave and squeeze it. You know, it, all of this stuff. I mean, you, I can record my show and it's recorded on Radio Free America for thirteen days. But if my recording fails and uh, I don't get it off Radio Free America in time, it is gone, gone. forever. So um, <clears throat> it is kind of imaginary. I mean, all the shows wouldn't exist without the DJ's imaginations. Mm -hmm. um, it, so it I don't, radio is has an ethereal quality to me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I have personally always loved radio and didn't even really realize how much I loved radio until then suddenly I, I found myself involved with it, which was so unexpected, but also <laughs> felt so natural and vital. And um, I wondered if you would speak about, right, I've heard so many people say, radio is, there's no future for radio or something like that. And I just think that's not the case. I've met so many people who say they love a radio and I wonder what you think about yeah. that. All right. So I, I've been wanting to tie back into getting into grad school and studying uh, international development because that's really kind of where um, I draw my inspiration for why that is wrong uh, or misguided um let's see so where shall i start uh i was doing a, a class called international development and i was assigned a a stand a tajikistan as a as a site country that had um some projects in the works at through the united nations and my professor said okay you're gonna pick some one of these programs uh, please flush out a, a, a development program, a, a program, a project that uh, you would like to describe more and describe the impacts and the implementation and all of that. Um, and the the project was um, taking these um, broadcast uh, 
installations that had been left over from the Soviet Union's uh, occupation of Tajikistan, like mountaintops. Tajikistan is very mountainous, mm. deep valleys in, in, in Central Asia. And uh, there were all these relay stations that were pretty close together and, and somewhat uh, tied to <coughs> these communities uh, down in the valleys. You okay? Okay. And uh, the stations were still there. The, the broadcast equipment was still there. Everything was in good shape. Um, but they weren't being used. The project would was to uh, use these stations to allow the communities to um, talk about market times, um, uh, make government operations more transparent, uh, allow candidates in free elections to have airtime to talk about issues, um, play uh, local music, um, and have communication and have, you know, a lot, a lot of the communities were also just, just remote enough, maybe not far, but hard enough to get to that commuting to school was not an option. So school of the airwaves, some ideas like that. Um, that was something that I just chased. I'd, I'd been on staff at KBGA for several months at that point, And I thought, well, this is a, this is a great idea. This is something that is already there. It doesn't take a huge, uh, influx of cash to keep operating. It, it, it takes a handful of people with some knowledge, of course, more people with, you know, a, a strong, uh, technology technology background in radio technology, but the day-to-day operation can be, can be done, um, fairly easily considering, you know, how, how much, how much money is going into it and how much it takes. Uh, you can have it mostly volunteer run. Um, so I think it was maybe just, just finishing that class. Um, I, well, maybe, and maybe it was after that. Um, I spent a year working in Eastern Montana to get uh, candidates elected to the legislature. And I was knocking on doors in some pretty rough towns, um, rough neighborhoods of maybe not such rough towns. And uh, 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 it just went off in my head like, wow, there's, there's poverty here in Montana. I don't need to go to Tajikistan or or wherever to, to, you know, do something about that. So, and then I just started thinking, you know, community radio is, is actually a, an easy way to get people involved, to share information, to, um, to build community, um, especially low power FM. And that, that, that was just like all of that melding together to me. It was like, Oh, all of this makes sense to now, to me now. Um, I've been, it, I didn't know how much of it was, you know, just already flowing through my veins and how much I had developed as far as, uh, a scope of it. You know, it's, I'd done it in another country. I'd done community radio in another country. Um, it's, it's pervasive. It used to be that everybody had a radio, but you know, once you la- launch a radio station, you realize how many of your friends are really friends. <laughs> If they don't have a radio, they're not a friend. <laughs> well, yeah, and right. then a month later, then we started streaming online. And it's like, oh, okay, well, now I can find you. Um, and it is, 
it is it is challenging. There are challenges with um, a crowded dial. There's 105.9, there's 105.1, and then there's a confusion of 101.5 and all that. You know, you got to find us. And if you can find us, then, you know, do you really want to get out of your car? <laughs> um, recently, the antenna on my car, it's like a, it's motorized. So when you turn it off and it re- reclines, oh, recedes back into Oh, I love antennas like that. Except uh, a couple months ago, I started the engine, the, the antenna started going up and then it, it didn't stop and it just went rah, 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 and it plopped right out onto the hood. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, wait, it's not supposed to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have an antenna in my car anymore. That uh, makes it harder to listen. I listen streaming a lot more than I used to. I used to be like, no, we're 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 an FM station. If we were if we were uh, internet radio, then that'd be different. But we have a broadcast, so. Well, I, I I've had a lot, plenty of people uh, because it is LPFM, and maybe we could talk about that for just a moment. That means that it doesn't really go outside of the Missoula bubble, the sphere. So anybody who's outside of the sphere, like I have a friend who lives up Miller Creek, and when I first started doing my show. I said, oh, tune in, listen. And uh, then later I saw her and she said she couldn't tune in because she would have had to sit in her car with the car running yeah. to listen <laughs> to my show. And and uh, I said, oh, gosh, that would be terrible. But actually, there is this website where you can go and listen. As long as you have an Internet connection, you can listen also live uh, to Missoula Community Radio. So uh, then I started just telling everybody, just listen online. Just listen online. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and who knows, you know, how far reaching this station is, but... there's Yeah, there's that's a funny thing. I mean, I when I was a kid, I lived in Patty Canyon, and um, um, XT93, 93.3 was the pop station. Um, Z100, the classics, they, they're, back then they, they did... Uh, Wait, which one was which? XT93 did the comedy hour on Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock. And Ooh. it was like just a great comedy show. We need a comedy hour on yeah. KFGM. Uh, Z100 did the Dr. Demento show. I think I got that right. One did one, one did the other. They were late night programs. And a lot of times I just couldn't bring it in on the dial. But uh, so I was really proud to like drive up to backside of um, Deer Creek back into Patty Canyon, backside of Mount Sentinel. And our state, our state, our broadcast was like crystal clear. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, driving, down, I have friends live down in Florence, and on a cloudy day, you can pick us up really well. But if it's clear, you, you lose us like at low, low. So <laughs> it's some of those things that are uh, meteorologically uh, Related, but so radio waves travel travel better through clouds. I think they bounce back off of the clouds. If there are no clouds, they just psh, they're gone. Oh, maybe, maybe it's something like that. <laughs> I have to pay I mean, attention. Radio to see. is a, it's like it's a light wave. It's it's invisible, but it's like like infrared, basically. It's a higher wavelength than infrared. Pretty sure I got that right. Yeah, I'm going to say I got that right. But if it's a low power reference, like at 100 watts, that's what we're transmitting at, then it just doesn't have the the, the gumption behind it to go very far. Mm-hmm. If most stations have 1,000 watts, 10,000 watts, so, you know, 
a lot of power to get through more more than um geography more more to get through building walls you know so you can pick up the station in your house or whatever it's incredible i mean light waves don't travel through homes but radio waves do because they're tiny (laughs) it's a higher frequency that's why so ah but um well uh, um john we have 25 minutes left and i should play one more song Uh, i just interrupted you uh what did you want to say no, I was just want to make sure that I answered the question. Oh, yes. Why 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 is radio not dying? <laughs> I want to make sure that I answered that question. Oh, gotcha. It's not because it's simple. It's it's uh ubiquitous. It's around. It doesn't take as much um to to run to get running. Um it's fun too. <laughs> it's definitely fun. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun uh, learning about radio, even the challenging (laughs) things that happen um, I laugh about later. And I do just want to put out there that I've had plenty of people say, you know, if I say I do a radio show on community radio, they say, oh, that's so cool that you do that. And I say, you know, you could do it too. Yeah, you have no idea. It's really hard. And everyone's like, oh, no, I could never do that. And I was like, well, I didn't ever plan to do a radio show. And it just happened. And um, I I got to learn how to use the equipment. And, you know, people have always been available if I have questions. And and it's always worked out. And I've learned so much. And um, I haven't recruited. Well, I did recruit Glenn Tusignant briefly. Yeah. Um, He was was a fun addition. I hope he comes back. Right, and I, I think I'm covering his slot actually, because wasn't he Monday six to eight p.m.? I feel like he was. He was doing eight to ten. Was it eight to ten? He, he was. Uh, he was in on Monday night, so that's right. No, you're right. It was eight to ten because I would always put my son to bed, and I wouldn't get to listen to the show while <laughs> I was putting Dash to bed. Uh, speaking of which, I get to see that little guy soon. Um, well, let's see. I'll I'll play one more song, and then we'll have about twenty minutes left. And okay. I'm sure I'd I'd love if if there's any uh, fundraisers coming up for the radio station. Oh, sure. Yeah, we go we over some events. Let me uh, yeah pull those up and mention some events. Yeah. And if there's anything we haven't covered that you would like to mention, uh, <clears throat> I like to save all that stuff for the last uh, part of the show. <laughs> and what what kind of song do you want to hear? Hmm. The last one was sensational. How about something melancholy, but in a f- in a dark humor kind of way? Oh God! Do you have anything like that? Um, you know what? <clears throat> like you know, like Shel Silverstein's boa constrictor song. Uh, you know that. Oh, it's more a poem than a song. I mentioned a song called "Money's Funny Honey" before. Okay. And um, I'll play that one because actually, uh, that's another one that I don't usually play okay. uh, live or okay. anywhere, but. It, I think it's maybe the only song I have that kind of qualifies for what you're talking about. Okay. I'm going to go check on the door to make sure that... The next person can come in? Do you know who the next person is? No. Do you? It's Spencer! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we definitely want Spencer to be able to get in. Uh, here we go. This song... Uh, <clears throat> here, get ready for this one. It's called uh, Money's Funny, Honey. Here we go. Money's funny, honey. 
is funny Dollars drive See all the bees buzzing in the hive Making honey, money's honey Minds align, bodies dry Storing honey, saving money Dollars holler, give it, give us your lives He who has money is he who thrives Dollars vote and dollars gloat It's us for whom you strive We'll stir your sleep to make you keep your eyes upon the prize Do they have ants inside their pants? They stir the dirt They build until immersed in work upon the hill Or are they ants in some strange trance? They never do sit still Still, still, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, there's always, always more to kill. It's not working. Yeah, what's going on there? It feels. That sounds good. I like it. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Sweet, sweet honey, money, bye, bye, bye. Buy me land, buy me the sky, buy me health, buy me clearness, clearness for my eyes. Buy away the pain that it cost me to gain this money, honey, sweetness for my insane, for my insane brain. Because together bees make honey for everyone, everyone But together we make money just for some, just for some The more we buzz for honey, the more The more we just get money Honey sweet full, it's deceitful Though I eat full, still I'm needful Give me real fuel, a whole bowl full Fill your soul full, now you know full well That buzzin's for bees No money doesn't grow on trees But happiness does tap into each For the love, it's what we're all Dreamin' of, it's what we're all Dreaming of it's what we're all dreaming of. Sweet honey, money, bye, bye, bye. Buy me land, buy me the sky, buy me health, buy me clearness, clearness for my eyes. Buy away the pain that it cost me to gain this money, honey, sweetness for my insane, for my insane brain. Because 
Cause together bees make honey for everyone, everyone But together we make money just for some, just for some The more we buzz for honey, the more The more we just get money Honey is sweet full, it's deceitful Though I eat full, still I'm needful Give me real fuel, a whole bowl full Fill your soul full, now you know full well That buzz is for bees No money doesn't grow on trees But happiness does tap into reach For the love it's what we're all dreaming of It's what we're all dreaming of It's what we're all dreaming of Is there a reason I would hear that in another version like with a full band? Uh, maybe someday uh, when Strumming Bird takes it up as oh. uh, as as an as another song to work on, but uh, no, what what do you mean? If there's, I mean, it, I feel like I've heard that song with percussion and bass. I might have played it once before, but uh, when would I have played it? Maybe in studio with uh, the other Saturday morning cohort. I might have played it on another. Ooh, there might have. I'm trying to think where that might have been. Uh, I have played it a couple times on the air, but pretty rarely. Okay, and I've heard it. Though. I feel like I've heard it. I like, yeah. it. I like my chord shape too. That's Thanks. You know, some songs I just write because I like that one. I wanted to get good at doing the that that chord, <laughs> and uh, and so then that that was fiddle came from fiddling around with that. Um, but uh, we only have 15 minutes left of Becca's Evening Buzz. That song was called Money's Funny Honey. And you wanted like a quirky Shel Silverstein fun, style. Yeah. Like I that was a good turn of phrase in there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Really, I'm satisfied. <laughs> and uh, I got befuddled in Mistiverse, so you'll even uh, you'll have to hear it again sometime. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was. Uh, asking you to think about uh, any last things you might like to mention in the last 15 minutes of the show. Sure, and yeah. Um, we've got a lot of events coming up and maybe more, but I, I usually am pretty good at keeping them up on our, our whiteboard here in the studio, so all our volunteers are aware of them, but um, I haven't recently. There, I've got a bunch of them here. We We have our closed Facebook page, so if you're not on Facebook and you're a volunteer here, then you don't know what's going on. <laughs> It's horrible. It's terrible. It's a dictatorship of knowledge and information. Should all go on the Missoula Community Radio uh, web's webpage. Yeah, um, I'm. That's something that I've gotten um, more confidence in. Website. I mean, we as a we as a WordPress website, we should be able to you know keep that updated pretty regularly. I'm now in the in the headspace where I think I can actually start doing that and have you know updates about things going on with our program schedule you know we're, we're gonna have alternative radio uh broadcasting here pretty soon do you know about alternative radio the program uh that's on uh kf kf kufm no not anymore oh they switched or what's what happened they they dropped it we're picking it up oh why did they drop it because they want to play something else on sunday evenings 
Oh. So the general manager, the program director over there. Uh, oh, that's weird. It just sounded like buzz. Yeah. Uh, he he just got in touch with me. We 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 played baseball together, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I got a thing you want to talk about." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, what's the thing?" He's like, "Well, so there's a lot of people here in town who really like alternative radio, and uh, they want to keep listening to it, but we're not going to play it. Would you like to play it?" I'm like, "Hmm, cool. Let me look it up." And you know, like I'd I'd heard it a few times, but I didn't know that it had such a following here in town. So. I got in touch with them, and they're like, oh, yeah, sounds great. Okay, let's start in September. So sometime September, I think it's going to be Wednesdays, uh, we'll start broadcasting. Oh, cool. Does community but, radio have to pay for alternative radio? No. Or? no. Um, it is a – if you're downloading it and listening to it as a podcast, you have to pay for it. That's where they get their money. Oh, gotcha. Money. But if you're a non-commercial broadcaster, then they just provide the broadcast to you. Oh, cool. So, yeah. That's a cool thing. Um, events. There are a lot of events. So let me get into them. Let's see. Where shall I start? I should have these in chronological order, but unfortunately. So September 15th is uh, Sunday Streets. That's um, Sunday Streets Missoula, put on by Missoula in Motion. Um, that will be on the 15th, Sunday afternoon. They shut down Higgins Avenue from the X's all the way across the bridge into the hip strip. And you can't see my hand motions on the radio, but very nice whatever. hand it motions. Feels than, I'm not <laughs> Italian, I swear. Um, and we will have a booth somewhere along that line where we will, aside from DJ Mad Hatter having a display of some um, audio playback equipment of yesteryear, we will also be recording not only. Not only uh, station IDs from folks here in town, but also um, scary stories or funny stories or interesting stories that people have from uh, walking or biking or taking the bus in Missoula. Oh, fun. I'm sure everybody has one. And I, I'm sure every cyclist has a scary story. <laughs> I do. I have a story. Or, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's, oh, man. I'll, I'll tell mine briefly. I'm uh, one of mine briefly. I just started like riding my bike into town regularly after moving into town and like coming like this is downtown is we have an office here now. Um, and uh, on the Bitterroot Spur, which comes into the Kim Williams Trail, um, there are there are stop signs. This is before they put in the the touch button flash flashing lights to get the traffic to stop for you. Um, there were stop signs at Third Street. And I stopped at them, and cars would stop for me, and I'm just like, no, I'm not moving. <laughs> I have a stop sign. And some guy was like, got upset and rolled down his window, and says it's a, uh, it's a. So I want to get the quote accurate. It's a goddamn bike trail, poop head. Except it wasn't poop; it was something else, and. Uh, <laughs> So I, I called up Ben Weiss, who used to do a show here, and he works in the transportation area. I'm not sure exactly what his office title is, but he knows what's going on with Missoula in motion. And he said, yeah, that's a funny thing. Those are non those stop signs on the bike trail, they're non-binding. They don't mean anything. They're for caution, so people slow down. Just for show. When they get to the, yeah, and we'll be removing those. And I'm like, well, all right. 
so now you know I, I i ride i ride with confidence i ride in traffic um trying to you know do my best to make sure that the cars around me know what i'm gonna do but you know there was that one time where it's like i'm gonna follow the rules you know and i'm gonna do it right and, and people are getting mad at me and getting flipped. <laughs> i don't know i mean it's not that funny of a story but i can tell a quick story okay. about that uh, I, I ride my bike. I live in the middle of Rattlesnake, so uh, if I choose to stay out at night and hang out, the the bike ride home is very dark. Oh, yeah, that's and, a dark uh, oh, corridor. Yeah, I have to go up Duncan Drive, and there's that huge hill there, and it's always really dark, no lights on the road, and so it's always just me. And narrow. There's yeah. There's hardly a shoulder. Narrow. So there I am, like, every you know night, whatever time it is, one, two, three, eight, whatever time it is, biking up this hill and I always feel like a sitting duck in this hill because <laughs> anybody could jump out of the bushes and there I am going two miles an hour on my bike you know puffing away or something uh, too too slow to turn around and too slow to do anything really so one night I'm biking up this hill in the dark by myself and this truck comes up the hill and I hear it coming up behind me and the headlights are on me really bright headlights big pickup truck because I glanced back and as it's coming up the hill, the worst thing happens. It starts slowing down. I can hear it slowing down behind me. And it, I can hear it just slowing down right behind me. And then I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I, I just like stopped and looked over. And this huge truck stopped right next to me with its like headlights and all this, you know, right at like 3 a.m. or something and like that. And so I stop and I look over. And this guy rolls down the window. And I'm like, oh, this is the end. This is the end. And the, the dude leans out the window and he says, hey, do you know the way to the interstate? <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, man. And I was just like, oh, you just turn right around and go back to you know, Broadway, make a left. And that's where the entrance is. But I was sweating bullets, bullets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And uh, it was pretty thin. I chuckled to myself all the way home. And there's my story. Um, <laughs> that's a good story. Um, did you see him heading down the interstate from top Duncan? Oh yeah, they turned right around, like right there in the it. middle of the road. And yeah. <laughs> turned around. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, so, uh, do you have any more events for us? I do. I got uh, a few more. Let's see. So, um, you're going to hear more about the uh, September 27th uh, broad comedy at the MCT. It's just half, well, half a block away. A block away. Um, we're the wel official welcoming station and we'll have a booth there. Um, it's gonna be a fun night. It's a fundraiser for well, not a fundraiser, a benefit for the ACLU and the work that they do in the state. Oh, nice. Um, the very next day we'll be doing highway cleanup. We adopted, uh, miles 81 and 82 up until 83, uh, just South of Lolo on highway 93. Is that a on a Saturday? Ago. It is on the very next day is Saturday, the twenty eighth. Oh my and gosh! We, it's a it's a yeah. We get everybody from the station to go out, um, and anybody else in the public who is interested in, you know, hanging out with us and picking up the most beautiful stretch of Highway ninety three in the country. Oh wait, oh. that's qualitative music uh, uh, <laughs> language. I can't say that. It, it is it is it is kind of fun actually. I mean, it's it's a little bit of work, but it's two mile. It's a two mile walk and um, nice and. You know, the cyclists who go by say thank you. Some of the cars honk and wave and um, nobody throws things at you. And it, it's, it's a fun day. And we usually go up to Lola Peak Brewing afterwards. And, and oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, it's fun. 
I've missed out on the highway cleanup. Uh, it's happened twice since I've been with the radio well, your station. your show is on Saturday My morning. My show. So. I won't have an excuse yeah. anymore. Uh, uh, oh, right. gosh. Highway we'll cleanup. Here morning. I come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, after that. So we've done um, SponCon, Spontaneous Construction at the Home Resource in the last couple of years. This year we're giving that a pass because we want to try something else. Homecoming Parade. Oh, do Which we have a, a float later. or something like We've, that? We we're we have plans for a float. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be, but Mad Hatter and I have uh, been scheming something. we got to get get it uh, nice in, into fabrication here pretty quick. But that's on October 5th. Um, and th- the theme is 100 Years of Homecoming. Um, so... You know, has that been happening for a hundred years in Missoula? Or something? Yeah, the the first homecoming parade was in nineteen nineteen, apparently. Wow! All right, or maybe it happened in maybe it happened before that, but they were bad parades, and so it's like, okay, we'll start counting now. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, so we'll be. I'm going to try to find my best pair of um, period clothing from. 1919. I probably won't find anything and I'll settle for something from 1990. I started going to the University of Montana in 1993 and I probably still have some of those clothes kicking around somewhere and they probably still fit. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure Just it wear out. the oldest things you can find. The oldest things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't match. It's okay. Everything's black. Everything goes. Um, and then we've got some other events that we want to do, but you know, logistically, it's just like. We'll see. How Get, much getting can into we? the end of the year, we we did uh, the backseat driver pledge drive last November, which was, um, which was it was fun, but it was a logistical mm, challenge. <laughs> I'll put it that way uh, to finally get completed. Um, but we're gonna do something like that again in the end of the year, at the end of the year, November or December, probably November. Maybe December, maybe January. No, it'll be November. <laughs> All right. So stay tuned, folks, to uh, discover how you can uh, contribute to community radio and to your community as well. Right. Right. Um, right. We have a we have a donation platform on our website. It's through PayPal, of course. People can donate on Facebook as well. We that was one of the nice things that we did this year. A nice. Uh, um, challenge overcome um re regaining our 501c3 status that was mine i think it sounded it didn't sound like a phone there for a moment oh. i was like whoa john oh. that's hilarious it's on vibrate um i mentioned facebook and facebook just peeped up it's like they're listening uh, um, creepy. So was- we, we got our our our, our uh, 501c3 status back and facebook granted us um donation don't donor status Donor status, so people can donate to us on Facebook. Oh, nice! No fees; it all just comes right to us, straight to the bank account. Um, and the KF the on the web the the page on Facebook is uh, Missoula KFGM Missoula. What should people search to find? Oh, one zero five five KFGM dot org. All right. Oh, that's the website though. And then yeah. on Facebook, it's is it one one five five KFGM? No, um, on Facebook we're just Missoula Community Radio. There we go. Yeah. Um, and I usually try to post to the Missoula Community Radio webpage when, when I have my show coming up. And uh, 
So, yeah, keep eyes and ears out for Community Radio. We are already down to our last minutes. Do you have anything else, John? Who are you interviewing next week? Uh, Sue Orr. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And um, and I'm super stoked. Like I said, to it was so cool, has been so cool to have you on my first show of Becca's Evening Buzz, John Van Dyke, uh, KFGM's general manager, and... Um, yeah, I, yeah, I've it's been really nice to sit here and talk about radio for two hours, and um, I, I've you know I've been brushing up on my radio history with you here. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> I read that old already. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. I, I, yeah, it was fun. It was it was almost therapeutic, I think, but not as therapeutic as listening to Spencer's junk drawer. Ah, and uh, and that is uh, our next DJ coming. Uh, he just peeked around the corner, uh, Spencer, and uh, he's bringing his his junk drawer. He's going to open it up for you and see what's inside. I, uh, anyway, I'm not going to say anything else to introduce his show. He's going to do that uh, for you guys himself. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, thank you so much to listening uh, for listening to. 105.5 KFGM, Missoula's community radio station, streaming online live at 1055kfgm.org. Uh, 